in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. At 106, good afternoon on this Thursday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. And you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. It's a pleasant Thursday. Certainly feels like fall on this Thursday, November 17th. I want to repeat the uh, the big news that that missing man in North Smithfield has been found. I believe he's being treated at the hospital. He was found not far from his home, but he was found a short time ago, just a little while ago, uh, earlier this morning. But past nine, they resumed the search again at nine o'clock, nine o'clock after they'd gone into the night. So that that is certainly good news on this Thursday. And also Nancy Pelosi is no longer seeking leadership amongst the Democrats. So this also she remember Congressman David Cicilline was part of her leadership team. So he's it sounds unless I'm missing something, it sounds like he's totally out. Totally out of the mix. So now you have no one. Now you have no one. There was a chance to have Fung in there and Fung at least could have had some position with Speaker Kevin McCarthy, but the Seth Magazine campaign misled people and said that he was going to stop Kevin McCarthy from becoming speaker if elected. He obviously did not do that. And so now uh, now we are just blank out of luck, for crying out loud. Blank out of luck because now there's no representation. Now you have nowhere. Uh, Cicilline is kind of checked out. Seth Magaziner is a freshman backbencher. He won't be on any important committees. And the opportunity is missed to have any type of representation. Uh, the This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, folks, they're waiting for you right now. As the sun is peeking out on this Thursday, you could be enjoying yourself a nice lunch at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. All right, I want to get to, we have a lot of sound to play. And the big national news is the Pelosi situation. But close to home, uh, obviously, uh, the biggest thing here, folks, is just the, the state. And people say it uh, rightly, as a matter of fact, is we, we, where is all this money? And $600 million surpluses. And it is just a, a spending spree. So we, we, where is any form of taxes and money returned to you, the taxpayer? You just, that, that, those words are, they're not even in Governor McKee's, I don't think they're in his vocabulary. I also want to repeat again, the man in North Smithfield was found, small ditch along a driveway, on the street he lives, but a good distance from his home in North in uh, North Smithfield. Apparently, the canines had not gotten that far yet, but he was found. And I want to say, job well done. The Boroughville Fire Department ground team, they were the ones that I'm learning who were able to uh, locate this this individual. So the good news is that he was found uh, w- w- without question. Very good news indeed. That was quite the. Um, Incredible response of first responders last night. Let me play um, Kayla Fish from WPRI was on scene last night. I thought she was doing a good job with the reporting. Let me hear her report here. 
morning, everyone. Oh. I'm Danielle North with a breaking news update for you. And it's some really good news to report out of North Smithfield. You may be aware that authorities and family members were searching for a 62-year-old missing man from North Smithfield. Yes. We have just learned in the last couple of minutes at about 11.15 this morning that he has been found and he is safe. Okay. We can tell you that police have been looking for the 62-year-old man again, Philip Emond, since uh, mid-afternoon, about 2.30 on Wednesday afternoon. That sparked a massive response. 50 North Smithfield police officers and fire officials, along with first responders from several other departments, were on the ground canvassing the area looking for that man for hours. True. They called off the search at about 1 in the morning and then resumed the search at 9 o'clock this morning. And again, the good news out of North Smithfield is that 62-year-old Philip Iman found safe and will bring you an update today on 12 News at noon. All right, so that is good news. But I saw uh, the reporter who was was on site last night was uh, Kayla Fish. Let me just hear her report from last night. I thought she did an outstanding job. Um, it, it, it's difficult, folks, just because it's so dark and you're hoping that it was going to have a happy ending. It, it was a little... I, I still know what to make of the whole thing. All right, let me hear. This is the report that went out last night. Oh, this must have been the 11. This man right here, 62-year-old Philip Emond. Police tell us he was last seen outside his home on Mattity Road and wandered off this afternoon. 12 News reporter Kayla Fish has been at the scene for hours. Kayla, what's the latest there? Well, Mike Shannon, this is really an all-hands-on-deck effort, and it has been for the past eight hours oh. and counting. I'm going to step out of the way to give you a closer look. This is the command center that search and rescue teams have set up on Mattity Road. Now, if you were with us at 10 o'clock over on Fox Providence, you would have noticed that we changed locations since then. Police and fire officials got a credible tip that Mr. Philip Emond may have been spotted in this area, and that's why they relocated the command center to here. Now, the North Smithfield Fire Chief tells me there are more than they 50 were on the right people, side. firefighters, police, search and rescue teams, volunteers, scouring every part of the surrounding area, searching for Mr. Emond, hoping to find him sooner rather than later. And obviously, with the temperatures right now, it's, uh, I believe it's 39 degrees. This gentleman only has a hooded sweatshirt on. Uh, so uh, it's imperative that we try to get to him as quickly as possible. Chief tells me it was around 2.30 this afternoon when Mr. Iman was walking outside of his home and he apparently wandered off. His family reported him missing and that's when this search began. We're told Philip has health issues and walks with a cane so police are concerned for his safety tonight. Authorities using drones, canines, ATVs and searchers on foot trying to cover every part of this heavily wooded area. And while they say they don't need more manpower on the ground, police are asking people who live in this area to help from home. Take a listen. One thing we did want to pass along um, for any resident who lives in the area on Black Plain Road, um, Bearskin Farm Road, even some of the areas that are not as close where we may not think he had the opportunity to get to, um, if you have security camera, ring footage, things that you might want to go back if you have the opportunity to check between anywhere from two until really now, um, and contact the police department if you see anything on that footage that could be useful to us. All right, folks, and again, I, no, I they, they, did, they did find him. They did find him. They found him this morning. 
and we're going to move on just a little bit. Well, folks, good afternoon at one fourteen. You know, this um, there's several developing stories right now. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM thirteen eighty and ninety nine point nine FM. It will be very significant. Uh, exactly. Where, where does a Congressman Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline? Where does he come in the mix? And as I mentioned, now I'm I'm hearing, I've heard from several people that this is his final term. He's going to serve out, and and with the the Republicans, Kevin McCarthy in power, he will really not have much of a role. So where is he making a name for himself right now? Is Congressman Cicilline? Is trying to rally Democrats to ban President Trump from seeking public office. And he's also going after Ticketmaster. Now, I believe he's doing both of those things. It's really just a, um, it's really just, uh, to, well, first of all, he's going after President Trump to raise money. And then he's also making news because he's going after Ticketmaster for the amount of time that people had to, have had to wait trying to get these Taylor Swift tickets, <laughs> which is a huge, huge deal. I think CBS has a package on this, and they mentioned Congressman Cicilline. Let, let's hear this for a moment. Ticketmaster hangover this morning after trying for hours, and I mean hours, to buy tickets for her upcoming tour yesterday, and many came up empty-handed. A pre-sale for Swift's Eras tour in the U.S. was hit by overwhelming demand, you can imagine, of course, it's Taylor Swift, and that left thousands of fans experiencing long waits, some as long as eight hours. Oh, wow. Many reported technical glitches and website crashes. Some Swifties, this is my favorite part, the internet is going to internet. They took the social media to bet. One posted this photo, remember this picture? <laughs> yeah. And they wrote, our Taylor Swift pre-sale war room zoom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Showing the situation room at the White House, of yeah. course. Another said, the world's population has officially reached 8 billion people, and they are all in the Taylor Swift. <laughs> They're all in the Taylor Swift pre-sale queue. Uh, other people did not find it very funny. Congressman Dave Cicilline tweeted, Ticketmaster's excessive wait times and fees are completely unacceptable. It is no secret that Live Nation Ticketmaster is an unchecked monopoly. Called on the Justice Department to investigate. What? Okay. During the chaos, Ticketmaster tweets Priorities. that there had been historically unprecedented demand with millions showing up to buy tickets for Swift's tour and thank people for their patience. So that's interesting that um, he's trying to garner attention on both fronts, both the element of going after President Trump, trying to, but it's not, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the power anymore. He doesn't have any type of juice like that. So quite the opposite. I think he's just doing it as a fundraising tool. I think he's doing it as a that's what I think as a fundraising tool. I want to. I'm also following this situation regarding this cryptocurrency. You know, it started popping up on social media um, a couple of years ago, and this past Super Bowl, uh, if you remember the Super Bowl, all the commercials were seemingly tied in regarding cryptocurrency and now this thing is massively crashing and we did speak with our legal expert attorney Tim Tim Dodd about this a little bit earlier in the program but 
Um, what what I think is also unknown is if a number of these celebrities were given some form of almost like stock shares um, involved in in the company. So instead of you know instead of being paid, they gave you a lot of money in crypto. So so technically they lost a lot, but it's not the same as like Tom Brady wrote a check for. You know, 10 million, 20 million. I want to hear, though, this is the Good Morning America piece on the Republicans taking back the House. House representatives bringing back the government to Washington will have a slim majority, but likely to be enough to block much of President Biden's agenda. Congressional correspondent Rachel Scott starts us off. Good morning, Rachel. George, good morning, and this is far from the red wave that Republicans were hoping for, but they have officially clinched a narrow majority in the House. Votes are still being counted across the country, but here is where things stand as of this morning. Democrats were able to hang on to majority in the Senate. Republicans won a key California House race overnight, giving them the 218 seats they needed for the majority. This will be a challenge for both parties. President Biden congratulating Republicans on that victory, but he is now entering a new and more challenging phase of his presidency, a divided government. And Republicans have made it clear they want to investigate everything from his administration to even his family. For Republicans, this is one of the slimmest majorities in decades, and that will be a challenge for any Republican leader. Kevin McCarthy has taken the first step to become the next Speaker of the House, but he will need the support of, from almost every single Republican. And George, that's something that he just does not have quite not yet. Not right. No, he does not, Rachel. Meantime, we're going to learn more about House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's future today. Yes, George. So sources tell me that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will announce a decision about her political future to her colleagues at some point today. She uh, has been- and she did. She did. And she's out. Um, and I, all right. So it is true. We are waiting to hear exactly what's going to happen with Kevin McCarthy. And it sounds like the Freedom Caucus, the Marjorie Taylor Greene, Mackey, they they want to do a number of these investigations and demanding it, Hunter Biden and others. And and I think that could be holding up uh, the decision on whether or not, in fact, he will be the speaker. Because I, I think they are still, well, I think that they're still trying to negotiate that, as a matter of fact. They're still trying to negotiate that. I think he's a, a little, um, I, I, I think you have to be careful on that. I mean, I know they want to do it. And I know right now there's people listening at 120 on this Thursday that are saying absolutely 100%. But when people are looking at how much they're going to have to spend for Thanksgiving, that's what their priority is. When people are, that they, they, you, you, you can't fall in. I don't think it would be wise, I should say. I don't think it would be a wise move if people are, everyone is still just complaining about, the cost of groceries and inflation, if you start to take up time regarding the situation with investigations and the Bidens, I think you could run into trouble. All right, I want to hear, this is this class action lawsuit now against this this whole cryptocurrency thing that's absolutely crashing. Yeah, a new class action lawsuit is not only targeting the company, but it is also targeting a number of high-profile celebrities who endorsed it. NBC Sam Brock joins us from the federal courthouse in Miami. Sam, good morning. 
And guys, good morning. That multi-billion dollar class action lawsuit was filed right here in U.S. District Court in Miami. One of the names you would expect to see on the lawsuit is the former CEO of FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried. But also included in the lawsuit, celebrity endorses everybody from Tom Brady to Larry David as a company that was once valued at $32 billion, guys, suddenly went bankrupt ah. overnight. And I'm never wrong about this stuff. Never. A-list celebrities and athletes facing a high-profile legal battle after serving as faces for a crypto company, FTX, that just filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The multi-billion dollar class action lawsuit accuses FTX, its former CEO, and around a dozen celebrities of causing some $11 billion in U.S. investor losses. Oh. The suit alleges efforts to take advantage of unsophisticated investors, adding the parties never performed any due diligence before marketing these FTX products to the public. Are you in? You know what? I'm in. Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchy, ah. Steph Curry, Larry David, Naomi Osaka, and the Shark Tank's Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary, just some of the well-known figures named in the suit. O'Leary discussing the decision on CNBC. It's not the first time I've made a bad investment, probably not the last time. NBC News has reached out to all of their respective legal teams and has not yet heard back. The big question, how much do the defendants know about the product they endorsed? Uh. The question of whether they can just claim that they were duped as well. You have to look at each individual endorsement. You have to look at how they endorsed it. FTX poured millions into ads from social media. But you are an expert, right? No, I'm not an expert and I don't need to be. With FTX, I have everything I need to buy, sell, and trade crypto safely. Wow. To must-see television events, like the Super Bowl. Yes. Like I was saying, it's FTX. Endless. It's a safe and easy way to get into crypto. Huh. How? Eh, I don't think so. What the platform's once-massive $32 billion valuation seemingly vanishing overnight. Now you're seeing, in some cases, some of these are crashing as there's more and more market instability. That leads to more challenges than the questions of who's to blame. FTX, that's the crypto app, right? Now it's for all kinds of investing. It's better. What a disaster. You have to wonder also, I, I don't understand. If you're Tom Brady, do you really need to be part of that? Do you really need to, I mean, is it, are they just grabbing anything? There's also a video of him with the... The guy that they're going after saying, we're here to do some TikTok videos. And the guy just gets up and walks away. So I, I don't know what to make of that. But is that really how you need to be spending your time doing those types of things? I mean, because now it just seems um, completely, completely a disaster, as a matter of fact completely a disaster um folks again good afternoon you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 and 99.9 fm i want to mention one more time the big local news of the day that was quite a manhunt last night search made search more excuse me it wasn't a manhunt manhunt is for a criminal it was a search and they were trying to find that man from North Smithfield. He was found this morning. He was found this morning. Now, looking at some other stories, I'm going to, this story, as we were talking yesterday with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, just a battle to watch in the new year is going to be this battle taking place with the Providence schools. And believe me, I, I get it. 
I mean, who listing right now? People, if you live in Providence, you don't send your children to the Providence public schools, but they're wildly expensive. And there are many people, and it's very legitimate to say, why is that? Why can't I send my child to the Providence public school? Why couldn't you live somewhere and use the public school system? How can it be so bad? Why isn't it fixed? I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. This portion of our program, folks, you're thinking of getting a driveway paved. You still have time. But you need to get it done before Christmas. Call J. Perry Paving today. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years experience, commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios. And they'll give you a free estimate. J. Perry Paving. Call them. 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. License and insured contracting company. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730, 401-732-1730, letter J, J. Perry Paving. And remember, no one is better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. So if you're a veteran or maybe your dad is or your mom or your grandfather, grandmother, brother, uncle, son, tell them that, and they'll give them the best package available. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Call today, free quote, 401-732-1730. I mentioned, I want to just quickly skim this drama within the problems public schools spilled into public view Wednesday night, becoming the subject of discussion. This is in the Providence Journal school board meeting. Again, early in the week, a letter was leaked to the press from eight district-level leaders who aired a long list of frustration with other staff. Primarily, this woman, Joan Jackson, senior advisor to the school superintendent in the Rhode Island Department of Education's Angelica Infante Green. The letter alleged she's created a work environment that eight district-level leaders consider intimidating, hostile, and abusive also raised complaints about A Venture Academy, an alternative learning option that houses a program that's been accused of inflating grades. So the superintendent said we had a letter that was sent out, nameless, unidentified, no one signed it, does nothing for our children. The board president said we found the letter to be concerning. I worry about accountability when letters are anonymous clear we have a morale problem goes beyond the union versus central office narrative i worry about the the the, um i worry about the culture that's going on and worry about people afraid to share opinion without retaliation shortly after this woman announced her resignation she's going to step down uh garcia Visibly upset, said she's disheartened by the state of the Providence Public Schools. Worst I've ever seen. Internal fractures on the board. Matters like the anonymous letter making it impossible for them to fulfill its duties. Presented the board with a list of recommendations. An audit of human resource procedures and policies. An additional whistleblower policy. Folks, I mean, is, do these people really think they're going to turn around the school's? The superintendent sent a tough email to cabinet staff, tempted to rein in the dysfunction, warning they can take jobs elsewhere if you're not up to the job. 
they, they're not, this, this is going to, this is like the equivalent, this is going to be a war that's going to play out. Referring to the anonymous letter, he said, as a Puerto Rican man, take offense to the idea I'm not in charge or capable of being in charge. Every decision around here is made by me. <laughs> Statements like this one make it sound like a person of color is not equipped to lead. Class is done in days. Um, lastly, the superintendent vowed he's in charge. Jackson's remaining with the district. Too valuable. Board member Knight Jean Migabu had recommended she be terminated. Though we concluded his comments after the attorney cautioned him against commenting on an employee job performance. Folks, th- th- none of this is helping the children. None of it. Um. Just what what an absolute disgrace these adults are. And in so much of this, it's all territorial. It's all people that that absolutely they they it sounds that they they and as I was trying to say, they they don't want to change things. They have no interest. You know, no matter what the grades are, there's there's it's almost like they have no skin in the game. It doesn't impact. It doesn't impact in any way what their compensation is. Um, and as a result of that, it's it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. It, it isn't it interesting when you you see places that can function properly and places that don't function properly. In the places that don't function properly, it's. It's, it's impossible. How many times maybe you work somewhere, if you have a bad boss, bad structure, it's just not going to get any better. Now, you know, another story that's it's out there is this, this business of some of these teams because of hazing. Like, what, how much of this is still going on where there's hazing involved with these high school teams? That, that is something that the fraternities have tried to get rid of. Um, that the sports teams in the past have come down on, and yet it, it, it's still going on. And then uh, I'm seeing that and, and I, I, I just I have to I just wonder how much here it is. Allegations against Westwork athletes are under investigation. Like is somebody not explaining that it's got to be a zero tolerance? West Warwick High School football team. What what is this? It's not part of the game. It's not part of a. It's all part of it. Everybody goes through it. It does not have to be that way. So members of the football team. Uh, there there was another situation where the, the team had to forfeit all the games. But I I just wonder if enough is really being done to make some of these kids, whether it's sign it or fully understand. What's this is not going to be like, don't listen. It's not going to be tolerated. You're, you're ruining it for everyone. Channel 10 has a story on this. You're, you're not, it's not part of the game. It's not tradition. It's, you know, th- this whole business of hazing with some of these college fraternities, that poor kid that died that went to Penn, uh, the school. Here we go. 
Here's the Channel 10 story. Investigates hazing allegations. This is according to a letter to parents obtained by NBC10 News. The night team has been working all night to confirm this story. Leanna Falk is live at West Warwick High School with details. Dan Patrice's parents received a letter from Superintendent Tara Sivich earlier this evening saying seven students were suspended from the football team. This after they received notice to the office that multiple members of the football team were possibly involved, uh, possibly violating the school's anti-hazing and anti-bullying policy. Now, her statement that was sent to our newsroom didn't specify the details of that incident, who it involved, or what exactly happened, but confirmed an incident was being investigated. The letter to parents says the students suspended possibly violated the school's anti-hazing and anti-bullying policies. Superintendent Tarasiewicz confirmed the school district's attorney brought on an independent investigator to look into the incident. She says the investigation is ongoing until they've confirmed the alleged allegation. The school district has contacted West Warwick Police and the Rhode Island Department of Children, Youth, and Families to report the allegation. Now, when we first attempted to confirm the suspension, Superintendent Tarasiewicz wrote, there has been no final determination or consequences assigned related specifically to the outcome of the investigation. She said those would be determined once the investigation is complete. Again, we're Still waiting to learn more details and confirm what exactly happened here at West Warwick High School. When we do get those, we'll be sure to update you both on air and online on Turgeon10.com. Live in West Warwick, I'm Leanna Falk. NBC- totally unnecessary. Totally, totally unnecessary. Folks, good afternoon. At 135, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, and it's brought by Propane Plus. Heating and cooling. Call them today in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Heating and cooling, three generations. They're available 24-7. It's Propane Plus for all your propane needs. They have a very user-friendly website. It's propaneplus.com, heating and cooling. You just log on at propaneplus.com, type in your zip code, residential, commercial, and boom, you're in business. Always there for you, Propane Plus, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. So the big news of the day is that Nancy Pelosi is no longer going to be in Democrat leadership. I'm also, I'm not, I am not seeing that Congressman Cicilline is going to have anything to do with the leadership. Nothing. Um... Man with dementia found after being reported missing in North Smithfield. That's very good to hear. Also, Providence, how about the 20-month-old giraffe arrives at the zoo? We may do something with Facebook Live a little bit later on that. But the Pelosi shift is big. I'm also seeing Starbucks workers striking at more than 100 stores. Hey, they brought that on. They're the ones that brought that on. Let's see. Steny Hoy is out. House Dems number two retires from leadership. Pelosi's out. Steny Hoyer out. 
where is Cicilline not in the leadership? Not in the leadership in any way. Not that I'm not seeing anything about that Congressman David Cicilline, who I believe this will be his last term. He's not going to announce it right away. But he, he and Pelosi, they were in the leadership. Pelosi says she will remain in the House, not seek re-election or leadership. She, she's going to be living back in San Francisco. They have... Uh, they, they, I don't think they have any interest in, in, in being there. Not when they've had the, not when they've had, and been the the ones in power. That's that's what I think. I don't I don't see how it would benefit. Like why why would you go through that? You don't need to you don't need to be there for part of that. You don't need to be there for part of that. Um, I don't think that's something that either one of them are looking to do. Uh, Laura Ingram did a piece last night, Media Mystery at the Center of the Paul Pelosi Attack. Hmm. She had on Charlie Kirk last night. I want to hear this. This is Laura on Fox. Of Turning Point USA. Charlie, this is just an odd kind of turn on this story. What's your gut given what we know so far? Stories so bizarre. You know, usually when journalists bought stories, they get awards and they get honored. They don't usually get suspended. I was thinking to myself, where, where are all the people that were suspended over saying the virus came from the Himalayan mountains from some bat or a wet market or the Hunter Biden laptop story? How about the Covington Catholic kid story? Or how about all these different stories where journalists so can, they were so provably got things wrong and there was no accountability, yet this journalist who probably was saying something because he was informed or he had some fact trail. We don't know. We could look at the body camera footage, gets a suspension immediately from NBC News. It's very strange, Laura, because this idea of checks and balances in media, it only goes one way. If you lie about Trump, if you lie about, if you lie about anybody on the right, that's perfectly fine. You could mess up the Hunter Biden laptop story. But if you maybe get something wrong, which we don't know if he got anything wrong, by the way, Laura, because no one's talking about it. Then you get a suspension and you just kind of go into, I guess, the media equivalent of the witness protection program. Yeah, I mean, he's been at NBC, I mean, as long as I can remember. I mean, probably, what, 15 years or so? He's been there mm-hmm. for quite a while. I think he's, he seems like he's a pretty professional guy. But again, I think the reason people have problems with, with sometimes reporting is that when it's just a clear, you know, mistake, then just say what the mistake was. Yes. But they don't do that, and you know the body cam footage isn't released, and whatever surveillance video wasn't being monitored, and then people start doubting it. And again, as you said, the, the report might have been totally wrong, and then there's nothing to it. But that's why there's a problem here, I think, for a lot of people watching this. Charlie, I want to move off though, because obviously this attack and the media narrative that took off um, after gives DHS Secretary Mayorkas license to say something that he did today. Domestic violent extremism, uh, particularly through um, lone actors or small uh, groups uh, loosely affiliated, um, are spurred to violence uh, by uh, ideologies of hate, uh, anti-government sentiments, personal grievances, and other narratives uh, propagated on online platforms. Charlie, is this more of a justification to 
censor information both online and just in regular news reporting? Yes, and I hope the new Republican Congress makes it a top priority to actually check and balance Mayorkas and what the Department of Homeland Security is not doing about the southern invasion happening and what they are doing about our own citizens. You know, it's so interesting where he talks about the kind of narratives of anti-government. He's alluding to conservatives, obviously. He, just, he should just say it. He shouldn't try to cloak it behind all these terms. But, you know, the media, they, they never go back and mention, I don't know, the assassination attempt against Lee Zeldin or Carrie Lake when she was running for governor of Arizona getting suspicious packages. It's always in one direction. Direction. And yes, this is going to try to be a continued narrative to try to use the national security apparatus that was once used against foreign Islamic domestic terrorists to now be used against our own fellow citizens. You know, the um, Paul Pelosi folks uh, story, excuse me, folks. And again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I, I think it's going to be, well, once once Kevin McCarthy is made speaker, still no guarantee, actually, that he is the speaker, has enough to be speaker, but it's only going to be positive. That Paul Pelosi story, it is odd. It is odd. How about the fact that John Fetterman now goes to Washington? Let's go back to the Ingram angle. Here we go. Tonight we're kicking off the first in a series we'll call Mr. Fetterman Goes to Washington. Newly elected Senate members had their orientation and Pennsylvania's John Fetterman was almost unrecognizable in a suit. Now, the massive marionette was greeted as a conquering hero by his new master. But it wasn't all breezy. As Shrek made his first trek through the halls of the Senate, he was asked about his trademark look. When a reporter tweeted they didn't get a response to the question, his advisor was quick to swoop in, replying... He's still recovering from a stroke and has lingering auditory processing challenges. The way Hill reporters are used to yelling questions at senators will not work here. Now, why do I get the sense that this line's going to be well-worn over the next few years? But beyond those pesky reporters, Fetterman has another potential challenger to keep his eye on, and it's one of his closest friends. Well, his wife, Giselle. During the campaign, there were suggestions she was really pulling all the strings because she gave speeches, did interviews, and some even mused that she was angling to replace him if he should win. Well, tonight we have our hands on two pieces of evidence that show that she might be slowly pushing him out of the frame, at least. Now, the first picture shows them posing in front of his new office. As you can see, his right arm is chopped out. Not terribly egregious, come on until you see part of a larger narrative developing. The next picture shows the Fettermans with fellow Pennsylvania Senator Bob Casey and his wife. As you can see here, the top of his head is cut off. So how long until he's cropped out of the pictures completely? Okay. Now we're going to continue to monitor this in our ongoing series. Mr. Fetterman goes to Washington until the next episode. Tonight we're kicking off. The it is um, it is amazing, folks. And again, good afternoon at one forty-five. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM thirteen eighty and ninety-nine point nine FM. It is amazing how that guy that guy is not going to be showing up in the Senate. I mean, they they did. Laura Ingram is exactly right. They were able to just push him over the finish line, but. You're not going to see him out there. On this Thursday, I want to remind you about It's My Health. 
1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Stop it and see Marie. And it's my health. Vitamins, herbal remedies, where are they? You could pop in right now. That historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road. She also has, first of all, the service is great. And she also has a tremendous selection. Marie does. The queen of health. Of teas and spices and herbs. Also hemp and CBD products. She has acai and honey and maple syrup. It's my health because it's your health. Pop it and see Marie. She also has vitamins and nutritional items that would be great for children, for yourself. Folks, over the next next few months, it's going to be so important to remain healthy. And that starts with a visit to It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Stop in and see Marie. Now, she also is very knowledgeable and has a great selection on hemp and CBD products for oral, topical use, uh, natural skin care products, hair care products. And as I mentioned, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices. It's my health because it's your health. Pop in. You could pop in right now. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Stop in and see the Queen of Health, Maria. It's my health. Diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. Folks, right now at 147, you know, it's funny. We were, uh, so I was in North Smithfield last night for the search. If you want to see the video, it's it's pretty impressive. It did come to a, a, uh, a good conclusion, a positive conclusion. The man was found this morning alive. Uh, it was tough. You have a lot of different moving pieces. But as I was there and as I was leaving, uh, it was late. And, and one of the first responders said, said to me, are you heading over to the lodge? <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm tempted to, but I'm still following the story. Plus, it's pretty late. But folks, remember, you could right now, if you're listening, maybe you haven't eaten yet. You could pop into the lodge pub and eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant, the Lodge Pub and Eatery. So whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, they're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So as I mentioned, the big story of the day is the fact that Nancy Pelosi is no longer seeking, well, actually, her whole leadership team seems like they're out. I haven't seen Cicilline name mentioned that he is anywhere with this. So Hoyer's out. So the leadership team is out. I think, and I'm hearing from people, this will be his last two-year term. Congressman David Cicilline, he came in in 2010. He, you know, completes the next two years. And that's what I've heard. In 24, he will not be seeking re-election. That could certainly open the door. For State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. But it, it also, that could be interesting if someone like Woonsocket Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt or and or some of the Democrats want to go for that. Now, Nellie Gobea, she's out. She actually lives in North Kingstown. She would have to move to CD1. The reason I mention 
is is some if there's a Democrat that has some element of ambition, then that you know there are some definitely some people you you could get some uh, individuals Democrats at the state house. Look at the amount that went for the Langevin seat. You would also maybe that you wonder if someone like a, a Mayor Alorza would then go for that congressional seat. So long way off, long way to go on that. But I don't, I don't see his name right now listed. Congressman Cicilline as part of that, um, as part of that leadership team. At one fifty, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM thirteen eighty and ninety nine point nine FM. I want to mention I went to a funeral on Saturday, and I ran into former congressman, but President Makeley and his wife. And I haven't seen him in a while. My sister, who you hear on, Donna Perry, she worked for Congressman Makeley on Capitol Hill in Washington. And he obviously left there in 94. He, um, that's then Patrick Kennedy came in and then took, took that seat. But I was remarking, number one, it was good to see him. Number two, what a remarkable job. He did. I drove past Bryant University last night on my way to the search in North Smithfield. And again, uh, good afternoon to all the first responders that I saw out there. That was, um, it was so impressive and it was such a team effort. It was well executed. I want to compliment North Smithfield, both police and fire, and then all the surrounding districts that were part of that search. It's exactly how it's supposed to. It was very highly organized, very intensive, very complete. Um, I don't know what to, I, I don't know. It, it just seemed like they, they were focusing on the wrong direction. I think it, it was tough because he wasn't found that far. He was found, but he was found at the other end of the street. I, I don't know what to make of uh, that whole thing. But, but, um, but, but I wanted to mention what a remarkable job he did with Bryant University, Ron Meekly. I mean, he, the changes he made, the difference in Bryant, from, my God, just in the last 25 years under his leadership and what they did there, it's, it's truly, truly remarkable. And by the way, also never would have been able to do that if that was a public, co- you know, that became Bryant University, was Bryant College, but never would have been able to make those changes if that, um, without being at a, at a private college and then university. Now, I'm looking at some other headlines here. GOP civil war spreads to the Georgia runoff. Marjorie Taylor Greene versus MAGA is a question mark. That's interesting. Marjorie Taylor Greene versus MAGA. As cracks emerge between Trump allies. Marjorie Taylor Greene faced criticism from her GOP colleagues after she voted to support Kevin McCarthy as the next speaker. He won the Republican nomination, 188 to 31, defeating Andy Biggs, who ran as a protest candidate. And I I misspoke. I think I misspoke on that earlier, saying that was not decided. I, I misspoke on that. Yes, it was decided. I know there was some back and forth and they were trying to make some demands leading up to the vote but it is decided and Seth Magaziner was wrong when he said vote for me and I'll stop Kevin McCarthy from becoming speaker so 
Biggs, who's the founding member of the hard right House Freedom Caucus, claim the American people want us to turn a page. Um, so Green announced she'd be supporting McCarthy to prevent Liz Cheney from becoming speaker. I, I have a hard time believing that that was going to happen. Speaking on the Steve Bannon podcast, she said, we cannot open the door to what Democrats are doing right now. All that's scurrying around, looking for a weak rhino. It's what's happening right now. There's no way I'm going to vote to give the gavel to Liz Cheney or anyone else Nancy Pelosi wants. The following day, Florida rep longtime Trump supporter Matt Gates turned on Green, suggested her support for him will eventually backfire. Whatever Kevin has promised Marjorie, I guarantee you this, he will zap her faster <laughs> um, than something else, a zapper. I wish that wasn't the case, but it's the conduct. So according to a post by Right Wing Watch, a project dedicated to highlighting blah, 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 another former ally has criticized Green. Oh, Laura Loomer, she's nuts, is retroactively withdrawing her endorsement. Marjorie Taylor Greene after she voted for Kevin McCarthy. You know, Matt Gates and Laura Loomer, they, they, they're far extremists. They can't get anything done. They're not looking to get anything done. They're just disruptors. Laura Loomer speaking on Telegram because she's banned from the other platform. Traitor to America first. You know, if that's the case, then good for Marjorie Taylor Greene. Kevin will do a fine job, as a matter of fact. Kevin will do a fine job. There's definitely some fighting in the ranks. And there's definitely some fighting as far as they want him to do some certain investigations. But by and large, Kevin McCarthy is the guy. Meaning that Seth Magaziner completely misrepresented the role that he may take. If, in fact, he, he, his statement was, elect me to prevent Kevin McCarthy from becoming speaker. And instead, boom. Seth Magazino won. And Kevin McCarthy is, in fact, the speaker. So, first of many falsehoods by Seth Magaziner. Now... Uh, this other story, a Massachusetts high school football team will forfeit the rest of the season after school administrators said they found evidence of misconduct within the team. Here we go again. Like, what is it with this? That someone has got to talk to these kids. It's not worth it. But whatever the thought was of somebody that is telling these kids that that's the way you want to do it and you got to set up the hazing and it's tradition and they're completely misleading them. It is absolutely appalling. All right. Uh, let me see. Congratulations, Kevin McCarthy. Newly elected members helped take back the House. Um, let's see. Kevin McCarthy arrives at the position he has long sought only after pledging to President Trump. Republicans flipped the people's house. I'm glad for him. I haven't had a chance to uh, meet him. Um, and I'm seeing the way he's being attacked by the far left now. Kevin McCarthy making concessions to far right extremists. Hey, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a 
valuable person to have in your camp. So, but good for Kevin. Now it's time to get some things done. Um, I, I, Kevin McCarthy secured Marjorie Taylor Greene's vote for speaker. He's going to start an investigation how violent January 6th insurrection have been mistreated. Hey, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'd like to know that, why they were being treated that way for protesting, for a rowdy protest, trespassing day, right? MSNBC is just attacking him left and right. It'd be too narrow for him to survive for long. Well, he gets to be the speaker. There he is. Congratulations, Kevin. Boy, he really wanted, really wanted Mayor Fung down in Washington. What a missed opportunity for the state in not having Congressman Fung part of the leadership team of Kevin McCarthy. Ugh. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, it's brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Firearms, accessories. Stop it and see John Francis. Look for him on Facebook. It's my gun guy, Competition Shooting Supplies. Ammo, selection assistance, gun fitting. Everything you need is at Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Take exit 2A off of 95 and you'll arrive. Uh, go past the Attleboro train station, and then you're right there at Competition Shooting Supplies. Well, folks, it's 1.59. I will be doing Facebook Live later. It's John DePietro on this Thursday. Again, the big local news. The missing man in North Smithfield has been found. And from, it's my understanding he's being treated at a local hospital and is doing okay. All right, we're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. The big national news you're going to hear coming up is Nancy Pelosi is no longer in leadership with the Democrat Party. WNRI Winsocket.